Welcome to the Fight Shed Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? Trying to stay cool. You only got 30 more days, I've heard, of 100-degree weather. How did you come up with 30 days? Uh, some weather almanac thing that I It wasn't I saw. the farmer's al- al- almanac? Something like that. I mean, it? it was the local news that said that we've already had... I think it was maybe it's t- 30 days of 100, uh, 100 degree or more weather. Okay. And we got 20 more days. Of 100 degree weather? Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure more because I saw the, uh, I think the 10 day outlook and it, for some reason it goes like almost three weeks from now. It so does. it's like 15 days, like two week outlook yeah. and all 104 or more. My electric bill can't stand any more of this. Yeah, I haven't even. I, what's the electric bill? I don't even. I ignore it. So whatever. My apartment right now is seventy nine degrees and it runs constantly. It runs constantly. Do you set it at seventy nine? Yeah, I'm at this point. Why? Why make it run at seventy five if it's never going to get there? Mine stays at seventy three degrees, and um, sometimes it, it gets to seventy five and it just can't can't get to seventy five three. Cause it's um it's too hot. I mean, we got a lot of windows in our in our yeah. home, and so um they're old windows. They need to be double paned or whatever, triple paned. I don't know. They're just old, they're old windows, so we need new windows so that heat just comes straight in. And we have some um, curtains, but it's still not doing the job. So you're at seventy three sometimes. At night it gets to seventy three, sometimes seventy two, but um but sometimes it's at seventy six because it's just the house can't cool down. Do you have an extra room? We have, I know, right? What? Uh, uh, do you, do you we have, have a, a back room? A back room. What about a couch? Can I stay <laughs> yeah, on the couch? Exactly. Oh my gosh! Must be nice to be yeah. in that cold ar- Arctic weather. Right, and it's you know our room is probably about eight degrees hotter for one reason or another because your I guess, bedroom. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why. It's just like the living room. There's cold, always one room, yeah. But ours is just hot. Yeah. How was your weekend? My weekend was good. My daughter Friday night asked me, "Hey, Dad, can we um, wake up early and go to the farmers market?" What? And I was like, "Well, yeah, we can do that." So we went to the farmers market. How was it? It was pretty good. It's um, there was a lot of melons. I think melons it's are melon in season. season right yeah. now. So we bought um, a melon, a cantaloupe. How was it? Was it, it sweet? great? Yeah, it was good. Oh, it was so good. I and love a good sweet cantaloupe. And then we bought. There's a, all the rage. It's um, freeze dried candy. Ugh. That, and that's what Doesn't we bought. Doesn't sound good. Was it good? It was okay. It's like we it's nerds, but freeze dried, so they're like expanded. It's weird. It's like it? a lot of air in there. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, but uh, it's like five dollars a bag. Five dollars a bag. So Some people bags? were doing six. I had to buy two because I had two little girls. Oh no! So it gets expensive. Yeah, it, goes, it does, doesn't it? it? Goes by, and then we went to um. It's every first Saturday of the month here in San Angelo. We have an art fair kind of thing. Chicken farm. Yep. Did you go? Yeah, we went there, and so awesome. um, we just walked around, hung out, you know, saw a lot of arts. Stuff. That's awesome. Good for you supporting yeah. that. Yeah, and um, and I think that's it. After that, we went to the flea market. My kids hated it. Oh, did they? Yeah, so they just hated it. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just hung out with the family this weekend. That's awesome. With the kids this time. Sometimes nice. it's just me and my wife. Now yeah. the kids wanted to hang out with that us. That is very cool. Because guess what? Someday they're not going to want to hang out with you. Oh, I know. I, I know. Hate I have to tell a, you. I have a 15-year-old and a 9-year-old. So yeah. the 15-year-old still loves hanging on mom, you know, and I just, I love that. I don't ever want her to yeah. stop, you know. I'm Every time you. I hug my yeah. wife, she's like, get off my mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. How about you? How was your weekend? 
It was a busy weekend for me, Daniel. Okay. Busy. I had to uh, put in an all-day work at uh, my job. All The other employees were gone, so I was open. And I just stayed open till 6. I usually open till 4, but I was like, ah, I got nothing else to do. Um, and then uh, Saturday night. So Saturday night, I had three different things to watch. I had the Jake Paul, of course. Right, right. We had um, UFC. And then WWE SummerSlam was on. You know what? I'm surprised they're on Saturday night. A long time ago, weren't they on Sunday nights? Yeah, they used to be on Sunday nights. But I think the reason why they got them on Saturdays is is just because um, they want people to tune in and not have to get up early in the morning to go to work. Because yeah. some of them run real late. And this yeah. one in particular was over four hours. I just remember growing up, um, my, my neighbor... Um, cross street would always buy the pay-per-views for the WrestleManias yeah. and also all the other pay-per-views too, but mainly WrestleMania and Sunday night. That was, that was getting yeah. ready for all that. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, and then Sunday turned around and we had our monthly pinball tournament. Wow. How'd you do? Well, uh, the last time I played in it, there was 11 people and I ended up last in the 11th. This time there were 16 and I ended up in six. That's not bad. No, I didn't think so at either. So I was pretty excited. I had a great time. It was a great turnout. And, yeah, it's always fun to play a little pinball. So did you get a lot of new people? Um, like we did. Four new we people. had three new people. Three new people. Yeah, and so it's growing. It's growing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Saturday uh, was kind of busy for both of us. We had the USC fight night, Nashville. Yep. yep. And then soon right after, it's like they timed it perfect. Yes. They had the Jake Paul fight cards. Yeah, and, and here's the really fascinating part of what you're saying is um, the timing. Mm-hmm. Is somehow WWE SummerSlam timed it perfectly to where the opening match was was uh, Logan Paul. And he's coming out, and I'm like, why is he leading this card? I don't understand. Well, come to find out, after his match, he got a police escort to the airport so that he could fly private jet and be at his brother's side when he was fighting, and he made it in town. Where where was SummerSlam? It was in Detroit. Wow, okay. so it's not and, too far. Okay, so I looked it up. How long do you think his flight was from Detroit to Dallas? Three and a half hours. Two hours forty five minutes. Okay, not and too bad. he made it. He yeah. was he was right there with Jake Paul as he was walking. I guess out. he didn't have to do like pre check and you know go wait in line and you know get, wait till your <laughs> seats and your seat section is called. He don't have to do all that. Does no, he? no, he doesn't. And what I want to know is what taxpayer paid for that police escort. How does uh, that work? Nah, that's that's, that's exactly interesting right. too. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just go ahead and um, jump right into that Jake Paul and Nate Diaz fight this past Saturday, eight um, August fifth, from the American Airlines Center in Dallas. Uh, of course, Nate Diaz making his professional boxing debut, and Jake Paul um, coming in six and one um, in his boxing uh, career. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think of the bout? Right, right off, what what were some of your thoughts? Because I was actually taking notes during the fight. Some of my observations that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, you know, what? okay. First of all, you can see for me, Jake Paul is a really good is is learning how to box. Yes, his footwork. Is pretty good. He's, he was moving around. It was a circling, being the aggressor sometimes, um, waiting for Nate Diaz to do something so he can do a boxing move. Um, let's see. Uh, one thing that I was kind of disappointed I didn't see that Jake Paul worked on was the jab. I didn't see a jab. He wasn't setting up a jab as much as he wanted to, or as I think I wanted him to. Um, but he could always depend on that left hook. 
that was always there all night long. So right off the bat, what do you think of the first round where it he said he was going to attack it to me through my eyes it looked like he was attacking so much that he and he wobbled Nate so much that he had to pull back because I think it could have ended in the first round. Um I, you know what I th- I kind of thought that too. You know yeah. that crossed my mind I was like hey maybe he's didn't want to put him out cuz then the, then what? You know then Who's you know, going to buy his future fights if yeah, that happens against it, MMA fighters? Yeah, right? exactly. So, um, so you did kind of see I, that a little bit. Yeah. I, he laid off on him, even, but in the second round he did it. Get it right. It was the second round that he got that knockdown. He did, and that was, I, man, I thought it was over then in the second round with Nate Diaz coming on the ground, almost fall, falling out of the ring. And and here's let's when we talk about that second ring, uh, second round where uh, Nate got hurt. Here's what I learned now. You know, MMA fighters, when they get hit in the octagon, they're able to push them up against a fence or tie them up. You can't do that in boxing. And I think that that is such a disadvantage to an MMA fighter who is used to being able to use that as a tactic. Well, I think you get tie up, right? You can you can clinch, but, but he wasn't. He didn't. He didn't get a chance to, or he yeah. doesn't know how to clinch it, in boxing. That's right? right. The other thing is that in boxing, when you land. Or in MMA, when you land, you have full functions of your fingers, right? You can kind of brace yourself on the land. Sure. I think when boxing, it's awkward, and I think that contributed a little bit to the awkwardness of his fall, uh, almost coming out of the ring. Um, I also think that, you know, Diaz was coming in for a punch when he got hit in the temple. did wobble him, but the momentum also. I did think, though, that, you know, on the plus side for Paul, I think he looks stronger. Mm -hmm. I think he looks more accurate. He is uppercut i think is is a secret weapon now for him um and i think his cardio looks better than it did in tommy fury yeah it did it he he was he looked a little bit better than he did in tommy fury he did have a really good cardio um i know i think he took i feel like he took a couple rounds off in between um the 10 rounds right you know just kind of let but they do that yeah exactly and i think several rounds that were like oh yeah nate diaz won this round he just took off that round for for that reason, um, but yeah, he looked a little bit better. Now, I'm not gonna say he's all world boxing oh, now, no, no, going, no. going into it, no. but he's growing. But and again, six, seventh fight, seven uh, fights, and he's been doing it for two years, right? Yeah, two three years. years. That's, that's, that's amazing. Years? That's amazing. Um, I he just looks crisper, and he looks he he looks like a boxer, and and I appreciate when you when you. We, that you brought me into the boxing scene and because I watch it differently mm-hmm. and I see how a boxer it is a sweet science and there's angles and movements mm-hmm. that are that pertain to a boxer whereas Nate and MMA they're just swinging yeah like they're just swinging there is no science to what they're doing and I think Nate really showed that he could still move around a little bit can still land some big sure. shots some uh, he can fight you know of course um uh critiquing his boxing skills i mean of course he's not a boxer no. he's an mma fighter he's a jiu-jitsu fighter i mean he's he's probably world-class jiu-jitsu fighter but not a boxer another observation that is kind of off a little bit is did it seem like the black glove looked smaller than the white glove just because of the color <laughs> it was so weird mm, maybe i was so. just looking yeah. at it, i was like yeah they can't be different sizes. It got to be the same size. The thing was surprising too. Jake Paul is huge. Well, I he mean, did, he looked he? big. He, he looked hydrated really, really well. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there was even a weight limit as much, right? Like the, they probably had an agreed weight, but yeah, he uh, he looked really big. 
you know in the end um the scorecards had it 97 92 98 91 and 98 91 in favor of jake paul do you think that you know the the distances in points was warranted yeah absolutely for some reason i feel like nate diaz won a lot more rounds than what the judges thought but you're only saying they won rounds because jake was taking the round off for me, in my eyes, I thought Nate Diaz did a little bit better than what the scorecards had. But I, I did think that Jake Paul won. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is this the MMA tour for Jake Paul over? Or do you think there's someone else out there that he wants to fight? For me, I really hope the tour is done. I am I do done see. seeing MM, MMA fighters fail because it's just a different sport. Right, right, right. So what he said in the post-fight... And, and, of course, he said other names now. He said, I'm willing to do a $10 million MMA fight with Nate Diaz. Right. I want to do that. And do it, we want to see that happen? And where does he want to fight him? Um, I, I didn't hear that. In a PFL. Well, But you know why? Why? He has an ownership stake in PFL. Okay, well, that's fine. None of them are associated oh, no, with UFC, I'm just saying right? that, that that's crazy how one of the major competitors of UFC quote unquote competitors right because yeah. you know their worlds worlds apart right now but i could see a day that you know all that money coming in and you know notoriety and Jake Paul business and PFL could rival probably UFC and probably get some bigger names out there. i mean they already got Ngannou probably one of the biggest names out there Jake uh Derek Lewis rumors to yeah. you know to be maybe going that way i mean i don't know there might be a day that we see that We'd be pre- previewing PFL fights and not just UFC fights. Joe Rogan always says competition makes everybody better. And he works for the UFC and he's saying this. I I am all for it. Let's go. So who, who do you think Jake Paul should fight next? Or what's his next move? Well, is it, it's the MMA MMA fight, right? Do you think that's, that's going to happen? I really think that'll be next. But I don't like it because... Again, this this is now Jake jumping into an MMA world, and he's not going to last very long with those leg kicks. He's just not. Right, right. You know, let's say he doesn't know what what what's on what's next for him boxing world. What do you want him to do? I would really like to see him start making a path through like the WBC or some okay. you know going into the boxing ring and fighting um, some actual boxers. Well, he tried that experiment and he lost. So, do you have a name in the boxing world, or are you just saying, "Hey, oh no, let's no just- nobody, nobody that's named, right? Just okay. go ahead and just go work up the ranks." I don't know how well he's going to fare because he he didn't do very well against Tommy Fury, in my opinion. But Tommy Fury Fury is probably also, you know, a reality star that turned boxer, right? Sure, you're right. So, so you're so. having him want to fight a real boxer. Who has I, many years I think under that, his belt? I think that would be the next step. Why? Why wouldn't he? He's he's a goal oriented. He's someone that's wanting to prove everyone wrong, prove prove everyone wrong that way. But what is he really trying to accomplish? Because to me, he's accomplishing making money and still being a YouTube star and you know working that angle. But can the, you stop? You've gone this far. Can you stop? He he's not going to stop down the MMA path if people keep signing up is my point or buying those pay-per-views right yeah yeah i mean if you could guess right now in which i don't think there's numbers out right now how many but pay-per-view buys do you think they there are probably a million wow but that's saying a lot isn't it well i mean if there was over eight hundred thousand pay-per-view buys for jake paul versus tommy fury wow 
That's crazy. Yeah. That's a lot. There's no reason to change your business plan at this point. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So over a million is probably just at the low point, yeah. probably, for that Nate Diaz and yeah. Jake Paul. Yeah. So, yeah. How about Nate Diaz? Do, do we see him back in the UFC? Do we see him back into the MMA uh, and in a cage? Or what's next for him? Well, it's supposed to be his promotion, right? Where's that? But then I I thought about that, and I'm like, well, where's Khabib's promotion? I thought that was supposed to be running off the ground, so I don't know what's going on with all these promotions. What about Mazodal's promotion? Exactly. Yeah. What, what, what's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah, because this was, uh, are they real fight, real fight mm-hmm. promotions or something? Yeah. Um, I don't know. For some reason, I've heard a lot of people talk about Nate, uh, Nate Diaz going back to UFC uh, and maybe fighting Conor McGregor. Really? Like the a trilogy fight are, are <laughs> at heavyweight. Let's get <laughs> Connor back in the U, U, the USADA pool before we even talk about him fighting anything right now. I know, I know that that's another story for in its own. It right? is. It's going to be yes. Did you watch any of the rest of the fights on this card? Uh, no, I didn't actually watch, but I heard Amanda Serrano and Heather Hardy really had a really good battle. It was a really good battle. I actually watch it. Serrano does what she always does. I mean, she just crushes and pressures her opponents. And Heather was taking every part of it. Um, you know, she and, – and here's the awesome part about it. At the post-fight, Hardy broke down in tears and just says, thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. And that's – that says a lot of respect for them. Well, girls. she finally gets her payday. I mean, how many times has she fought in Bellator? How many times yeah. has she fought in other yeah. boxing, um, you know, arenas? And, you know, this is probably the most money she's ever made. Of course, right? Yeah. Of course, this has to be. Yeah. Amanda Serrano retains her WBA, WBC, IBF, WBO, and IBO titles in the featherweight division. I mean, I think Amanda Serrano is ready for the winner of Katie Tater, Tater and uh, her match. You know, it's a rematch because Katie Taylor lost against Chantel Cameron back in May. And I know they're about to run that back in November. Well, they asked post-fight who did she want uh, next. Specifically, one of the hosts or commentators was sitting right there with her hand held high like I want to be next. A Miss Baumgonder was sitting in the, in the commentating booth and was like, Say my name, and, and Amanda was not willing to say her name. Right now, yeah, Alicia Baumgartner was there. She was um, commentating, and yep. uh, for some reason, I thought it was Clarissa Shields, but it was not. I mean, Clarissa yep. Shields is totally different. But yeah, I would love to see that. Fight. Wouldn't you love to see? I that? mean, unify Ooh. either way. Oh yeah, be a hell yeah. of a match. Heck of a match. Yeah. If I was rating that card, I would give it an eight eight two five. Yeah. I mean, there were some so- other solid matches on that card. And how about the um, the whole spectacle of it? I mean, being in Dallas, all the f- uh, fanfare. There's a lot of you know who's who in there. Yeah, celebrities were, were everywhere. Yeah, it was really a and it, it it really kind of was uh, almost up there with Spence Crawford the weekend before with all the celebrities and stuff. All right, well that wraps things up for our boxing recap. Now on to our boxing preview for this week. Kicking off our preview, we do have a fight across the pond. Anthony Joshua, right? Anthony Joshua. Versus Dylan White. I'm going to tell you right now, Dylan White, I'm so happy for the fact that he got his payday against Fury. Mm-hmm. He's going to finally get another payday against Joshua. It's a fight that he deserves to get. I can't wait to preview it. Yeah, he's 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 not fighting. What? What? He's not fighting. What do you mean he's not fighting? This is a big payday. You're going to be there, right? 
I don't he know. He got why, hurt? What? No, I think he failed the test, didn't he? That's what I heard. Yeah. Who fails a test on a big payday when you know you're not going to win this fight anyway, right? I mean, at the end of the day. I know. Really, what is your Go chances? Yeah, exactly. Just show up. Here we go. But Dillian White, isn't, he has a history of this now. Apparently he does. So this is a problem. Very unfortunate. Yep. However, we do have someone stepping in. Did you hear about that? I heard that Dylan fell out on Monday, and they said, stay tuned for Tuesday morning. And did we get some news? We sure did. Who we did we get? We got Robert Helenius, the Nordic Nightmare. The Nightmare is yeah. coming to a Anthony Joshua Theater. Yeah, Anthony wow. Joshua versus Robert Helenius. This is going to be Saturday the 15th, live from the O2 Arena in London, England. In a heavyweight division class. This is 200 plus pounds. Alexander Usyk, Tyson Fury, Daniel Dubas, and Joe Joyce are our other champions. Now, Anthony A.J. Joshua is 33 years old, 25-3 and three with 22 KOs. He is currently ranked third in this division. His last fight was a win by decision April of this year, and he debuted in 2013. Now, Robert, the Nordic Nightmare Helenius, is 39 years old, 32-4 and four with 21 KOs. His last fight was a win by TKO in the third round August of last year, and he debuted in 2008. Now, now Joshua is a minus 1,400, and Hellenius is a plus 800. Anthony Joshua is from the United Kingdom. He stands at 6'6", with an 82-inch reach. He fights out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has an 82% knockout rate, with notable wins against Jermaine Franklin, Andy Ruiz, and Kubrat Pulev. Notable losses come against Alexander Usyk and Andy Ruiz. Robert Helenius is from Sweden. He stands at 6'6 with a 79-inch reach. He fights out of the orthodox fight stance and has a 65% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Mika Milioni, Adam Klonaki, and Mateus Osario. Notable losses come against Deontay Wilder, Gerald Washington, and Dillian White. Minus 1,400 for Joshua. Okay. Plus 800 for Helenius. Now, what do you think the odds were against Dylan White? You, I mean, because do you consider Helenius better than Dylan White? No. You do not? Okay. So, I think it, do you know what the odds were before? I do. Okay. I have it. So, I think the odds were um, minus 600 for uh, Joshua. Uh, minus 730. Okay. And Dylan White, plus what? Uh, probably plus 280. 450. 450. Dang. See, I, I disagree. I think Helenius is more of a threat oh, to Joshua than Dylan White. Yes, I, I, I think that too. You know? but, but whenever I heard, saw this name, yeah, I was like, "Holy crud!" I did too. This is it's a like big Helenius. Name. Yeah, I mean, he did get knocked out by Deontay Wilder, but who doesn't? Right? Who doesn't? And we previewed Helenius last time, and he TKO'd his opponent. Right, right. Kanauki. He he got Kanauki out. Um. Yeah, this is going to be. Uh, I think there were there were easier tests. And let me tell you. Let me ask you this. Okay, yes. uh, AJ fighting Helenius. Yes. Right. There was rumors that he was going to fight against Andy Ruiz Jr. for I a saw trilogy. That. I saw that. You know, I kind of feel a little bit better if it was Ruiz for Joshua than Helenius versus Joshua. How do you feel? That we we are totally in agreement, man. Like when I see Helenius, I'm like. Nothing good can c- come from Joshua beating him. Uh, <laughs> Helenius got nothing to lose. Nothing. He's swinging for the fences. And yeah. the way Joshua has looked in the last four fights, exactly. it wouldn't surprise me if he lost. Like, 
I'd put five dollars on the on the Hellenius to win this. I mean, it, Joshua's just not the old Joshua. So who do you have winning then? I'm gonna take Hellenius by decision. I'm gonna. Right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and go for Joshua by okay. decision. All right. That brings us to um, our second fight of the night, Emmanuel Navarrete versus Oscar Valdez. This Saturday, live from the Desert Diamond Arena in Glendale, Arizona, in a super featherweight championship clash. This is in the 130-pound division, Emmanuel Navarrete, O'Shea Foster, Hector Luis Garcia are some of the other champions. And this is for the super featherweight belt. Now, Manuel Navarrete is 28 years old, 37-1 and one with 31 KOs. He is currently ranked second in his division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the ninth round, February of this year, and he debuted in 2012. Now, Oscar Valdez is 32 years old, 31-1 and one with 23 KOs. He is currently ranked fifth in this division. His last fight was a win by decision May of this year, and he debuted in 2012. Now the underdog is the favorite at a minus 160 and Navarrete is the underdog at 135. Emmanuel Navarrete is from Mexico. He stands at 5'7 with a 72 inch reach. He fights out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has an 83% knockout rate with notable wins against Liam Wilson, Eduardo Baez, and Joet Gonzalez. Notable losses coming up against Daniel Argueta back in 2012. Oscar Valdez is from Mexico. He stands at 5'5 with a 66-inch reach. He fights out of the orthodox fight stance and now has a 74% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Adam Lopez, Robin, Robinson Consacao, and Miguel Burchelt. Notable losses come against Shakur Stevenson. Do you find that the challenger being the favorite can sound weird or not really? Um, not not. Not this fight. I don't think it's Why weird. is that? I think because uh, Oscar Valdez, he's just a brawler. He goes in there. He he likes to punch. The other thing is Navarrete takes a lot of punches to, to get his punches. Isn't Navarrete a volume fighter too? He's a, also a volume fighter, but and more it, so Valdez. More oh, so really? Valdez. Yeah. So this is going to be a fast-paced, uh, very tactical, right? Yeah, I don't think there's going to be a lot of breaks in between. As no. far as punches, there's Nobody's always... Nobody's taking a round go off. Put, they're going to put heads against each other, right? Okay. Put heads against together and uh, see who lands the biggest shots. Okay. Are you excited for this fight? I am excited. Um, I'm scared because, you know, Manuel Navarrete is... We like brought, him. I, I like him a lot. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and pick him by decision, but it's on uneasy feelings, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm also going with the champ. Until you beat the champ, I, I like Navarrete. I think his volume is... You say it's not as uh, good as uh, Oscar Valdez. Well, we're going to find out. All right. That wraps up our boxing preview for this week. Now on to our boxing news and notes. Speaking of last weekend, Amanda Serrano signs with the PFL ahead of an MMA return. Undisputed featherweight champion Amanda Serrano will have to wait on a rematch with Katie Taylor, but she's got other ventures. The Real Deal announced yesterday that she signed with the PFL ahead of her return of mixed martial arts. Amanda Serrano is 2-1-0 in MMA with two submission wins. So, I think you talked about it earlier. PFL yeah. signing some talent. Uh, this is a major talent, but in boxing, so we'll see how she works. I mean, Clarissa Shields, she's one in one, right? Yes. She she did really well her debut, yeah. and she she almost you know pulled through her second fight. Um, man, I I want to see this happen. I can't wait till this happens. Are you interested in a Serrano versus Shields in an MMA bio? 
I think they're two different weight classes. Are they? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of circus shows in boxing, we do we have another one set it up in Manchester, England, this October fourteenth. Okay. Logan Paul. Logan Paul versus Dylan Dennis. Logan Paul, the uh, social media WWE star, yeah. is stepping into what? A boxing ring? A boxing ring uh, against Bellator fighter Dylan Dennis. Isn't he a submission specialist? He is. I mean, okay. he, I think he gained a lot of fame for the uh, fight with Habib Nurmagomedov and Conor McGregor. I think uh, he's uh, one of Conor McGregor's uh, running mates, I guess. How do you feel about the fight? And do you are you gonna want to see it? I don't think I want to see it. I don't either. <laughs> but it's honest. just another one of those YouTube here uh, we go. You know, matchmaking yeah. that we're having in boxing. Um, how do you feel about it? Just anyone technically going into the boxing ring where we have such a legacy of boxing of greats of uh, of Hall of Famers of great fighters, and for some some think it's a mockery of the sport. So what you're saying is it seems like they're tarnishing the sport. I mean, but you're bringing eyes to the sport, but is it for the right or wrong reasons? If it's a Jake Paul card that he's been producing, especially this last weekend when there was legitimate boxing matches underneath his circus show of a boxing match, I'm all in. But if it's all just social media stuff, I'm not in. So this um, this card is actually going to be part of the KSI who's one of the first um, yep. you know, YouTube boxers that came out that Logan Paul actually fought um, back a couple years ago. Um, and they're having a, a fight card, and he's putting, putting out a fight card, and he's fighting against KSI is fighting against who? Tommy Fury. KSI is going to get crushed. I mean, Jake Paul was getting dominated in some points of that fight boy ksi that's not gonna be good for him yeah are you surprised that we're talking about youtube fighter boxers right now i know and not terrence crawford and and not terrence crawford yeah yeah, he's in anyway this is the world we're in right yeah yep mike tyson joins francis naganu's training team for tyson fury's bout as Francis Ngannou prepares to put on the boxing gloves in the fight against the WBC heavyweight champion Tyson Fury, he's brought in the legendary Mike Tyson into his training camp. Ngannou and Fury are due to meet in Saudi Arabia on October 28th, and will need to gather all the boxing wisdom he can absorb at the time as the experience dis- disparity can't get much wider. So speaking about the task at hand, Tyson says he's a believer in Naganu's power. It is no secret I back Naganu 100% in this face-off of champions. Tyson said in a prepared statement, he has had he has one hard punch, and when it lands, it's game over. I'm looking forward to working with Naganu and supporting the transition from octagon to the boxing ring. So, what do you think about Tyson uh, matching up with uh, in the training room with Naganu? What bad can come out of that? Nothing right? bad, other right? than. Maybe biting an ear, right? I don't. Yeah. I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now, this is a legitimate fight. This is not expedition. And it's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be sanctioned, right, by sanctioned, the WBC, right? right? Here's my problem. After watching continued MMA fighters, skilled one like Nate, Nate Diaz, uh, seeing him swing for the fences, not have any boxing skills, and there's no t- technician work there. They can't hold on if they get in trouble. 
Uh, I, you know, and seeing Connor how he fared against Mayweather, I, I don't like Nagano's chances. I really don't. Um, the, you know what? One thing that Ngano has mentioned in previous interviews is that he started boxing before he got into MMA. He was on the track to becoming a boxer, a professional boxer. So maybe that's one thing that would point it well in his direction. Do you think Nagano is better than Wilder? That's debatable. Okay, debatable. I think so. Okay, how did Wilder do against Tyson Fury? But not he did well the first first fight. Yeah, exactly. Second fight, not. Yeah, because really. Tyson Fury learned right. Yeah, what what to do against a striker of that power and magnitude. Yes, yeah, stay away think, from it. I just think that's that, that's what's going to happen, and I hope not. You know, I would love to see an underdog at this point. You know, win, but we'll the see. ultimate under, underdog, right? Yeah. Like that. That's like yeah, the underdog of underdogs. Yep. Well, it looks like one of the boxing most anticipated boxing clashes has been rescheduled for next year, January 13, in Quebec, Canada. And I'm talking about our Arthur Betterby versus Callum Smith for the WBC, WBO, and IBF Light Heavyweight Championship. Um, man, it looks like uh, Betterby had an issue, dental issues, and so he didn't, he wasn't able to meet the uh, the scheduled fight before so now he had to postpone the fight so it's the first august and you're not talking this year you're literally saying no it's going to be next year before we get to see him fight january 13th so he won't have fought for a year then yeah because it was supposed to happen in august 19th okay um the title defense against callan smith um but now it has been pushed almost what five months you know what we're gonna you know what's happening we're not gonna get that beaver fight no yeah i don't think we're ever gonna get it that's just too bad. Well, I can't wait to see him get back in the ring, though. Do you have any other boxing news? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our boxing segment for this week. Now on to our MMA segment. Well, this week we are recapping UFC on ESPN, San Hagen versus Font. This was live from Nashville, Tennessee, in the bridge from the Bridgestone Arena this past Saturday, August 5th. Kicking off, kicking off our recap. We have Justin Jacoby versus Kennedy and Jajeku, um in the light heavyweight clash. A battle with relevance to the rankings in this match in the lightweight heavy, light heavyweight division. Kennedy and Jaco, he came in. I mean, he was huge. He came in with a three-fight winning streak. And I, I think he was on, on the track to becoming ranked in the division. He was. And, you know, he was really smart because he was pressing the action um in that first round, not letting Jacoby get the kicks off because Jacoby's a former glory kickboxer. And Jacoby, uh, Dustin Jacoby coming off a two-fight losing streak, so he was also, um, you know, really needing a win. Yeah. Uh, and it only took one minute and 22 seconds in the first round. Yeah, he caught Kennedy, uh, put him to the mat. He caught Kennedy going backwards. Yep. And, you know, lands a really good shot um, and then lands the ground and pound. Do you think the ref stopped it a little bit too soon? No, he dropped some hammer fest, man. Yeah, sure and 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 his opponent, once he got on the on the ground, he just turned it aside and covered up. I mean, yeah, and it was over. I think there was one time, like split second, that in Jaku looked like he was trying to get up, but yeah. the ref already stopped it at that yeah. at that point. Yep. Um, man, it was a lightning quick f- fight for uh, Justin Jacoby. What do you think's next for him? Nineteen seven and one, seven four and one in the UFC, an impressive win over a very tough opponent. I would like to see him fight up against Volkan Ozdemir with a similar records. 
No, I like that fight too. I, that's exactly what I had here for mine. What's up? What's next for him? Kennedy and Jaku. I mean, he was on a streak. He was streaking. Look, he looks good. I mean, I think physically he looks like a big, formidable opponent. He does. He just got caught. He got caught, and, that, and it happens sometimes in matches. He's twelve and four, six and four in the UFC. Um, unfortunately, a bad loss. Uh, busted his winning streak at uh, three. Um, I like an obvious Saint Peru, who is right below him. He's also coming off a loss. That would should be next for him. Yeah, it's been a long time since I had we've we've seen over Saint Peru. Yeah. Um, I think it's been a, a few months. Um, I like that fight. Next up on the card, we do have the co-main event: Tatiana Suarez versus Jessica Andrade in a women's strawweight clash. A fight that had the winner be in the discussion of a title shot if a win happened. Tatiana Suarez came in 9-0. Her last fight was against Montana De La Rosa back in February of 2023. Jessica Andrade, you know, the former world title champion, she was coming off um, two straight losses, one to Aaron Banchfield and another one to Jan Shannon. Man, but Tatiana Suarez looks fresh. First of all, looks fresh. Look fresh. And she doesn't play. No, she doesn't. She doesn't mess around. You know, early on, I think they were both kind of aware of each other, trying to figure out uh, where they, uh, where their game plan, game plan needs to go. Uh, I thought Andre was relying on the kicking and attack to stop Suarez attacks, um, but Suarez was able every time to grab a hold of Andrade and uh, get her to the ground or, or put some shots in there. Um, yeah, and I was expecting a lot from Jessica Andrade just Me because too. she's beaten other champions. She's uh, strong. She's she's got that that power to knock people out. But she never got a chance to display it because uh, uh, Tatiana always would put her on the ground fast and attempt some sort of submission. Even if she failed, she continued to search for a submission, yep. and she finally does by getting the submission uh, win with the guillotine choke in the second round. Yeah, I mean, she finished the former ch- former champion. I mean, I think we got a new contender. Uh, they've entered the they've entered the the title shot chat. I mean, so much that Tatiana Suarez is now this, as is this morning ranked number two in the division. That's incredible. It's incredible. So she's jumped everyone. Um, now she's, I guess, probably waits the winner, Zhang Wei Li versus um, uh, Amanda Lemos. That fight happens um, in the next month or two. Um, do you think she deserves a title fight? Well, here, here's the issue, though, Daniel. She's 10-0, 7-0 in the UFC now. Uh, obviously a good win over a named opponent. But you need to remember, she moved down in weight. Right. So should she be fighting the winner of the Whaley, or should she move back up 125 and fight Alexa Grasso? I mean, she should be talked in both divisions, right? And one point to make, she's beaten Alexa Grasso. Okay, so it, let's go back. To, you're, you're her manager. Where do you want her to be right now? What title do you want her to fight? I think right now she's in a perfect place right now because um, – we got the title fight for Alexa Grosso coming up in September. And then maybe about a month after that, we had the title fight for uh, Yang Zhang Weili. So you can pick which division do you want to get first. And then after that, go for the other division. Well, I'm her manager, and I can promise you the easier path to a championship Grosso. is Grosso. Oh, it yeah. ain't Zhang Weili. That is not going to be an easy task considering how dominant she was against a former champ this last weekend. I mean, another person that's waiting in the ranks for the strawweight division is Jan Shannon, who also 
came off a win, yeah. an impressive win against yeah. uh, uh, Jessica Andrade, where she knocked out Jessica Andrade. So, so do you think that she, to stay active, should take one more fight before a title shot? Or what, if she loses, she gets out of line. That's my only issue. The other thing is there's no you know, really other name out there. She not. was supposed to fight Varane Jandarobia yeah. for this match, but, and, but, Jessica Andrade, but Jessica Andrade took the place of uh, J- uh, Jandiroba. Jandiroba. So maybe rescheduling the Jandiroba, see where she's at. I mean, or just... I mean, does it make sense? I'm ranked two. The momentum Why? and this train is rolling, steam rolling down this this track. Let's not get out of line. Yeah. Let's let's <laughs> find out which one she, which championship she wants to go go for. Jessica Andrade is now ranked sixth in the division. She's on a three fight losing streak. I mean, Erin Bynesfield, that she's pretty good. Um, yeah. Tatiana Swat, uh, uh, Jan Shannon, she's pretty good. And now Tatiana Suarez. I mean. What do you think is next for Jessica? Well, she's 24 and 12, 15 and uh, 10 in the UFC. A surprising loss for me, to be quite honest with you. Didn't seem like Andrade uh, that we know. Um, I think she's going to continue to be the gatekeeper in all these women's divisions. She'll keep answering that phone. I think you line up any newbies and see how you fare against the former champ. No, I like that too. I like that. All right, well, that brings us to our main event of the evening in a catchweight clash, Corey Sanhagen versus Rob Font. A fight that saw one fighter take this fight on short notice and the other fighter propel him into a title shot in this bantamweight division with a win. Scale of 1 to 10, how did you see this fight? Before, before you saw the names and were you clamoring for this fight? I probably had one foot in the water, one foot out. It was. It wasn't like, oh, I'm jumping in with both feet. This is a great f- fight for me. I, I thought it was a little bit intriguing, just because Rob Font is a tough opponent. San Hagen's always tough, so something was going to give in this fight. What What did you think going into? Oh, I was excited about because Rob Font again. He's like you said. He is a tough opponent. He will bring it every single time. Um, he is 37, 38 years old. San Hagen is on the verge of maybe getting to title contention. This was a catchweight belt, so do you win anything or lose anything by, or you know, winning the fight? I think you do. I th- I think you do. I I, I, I still think it's some relevance uh, for the bantamweight division with a win in, in this. But you know, the interesting part about this fight was Corey switched switched up the script. He's a striker, and he decided to show his newfound wrestling skills and control thought for most of the fight. To the chagrin of the audience, yeah. right? I mean, to everyone that was there probably were kind of like, what's going on? Why are we always wrestling? Why are we wrestling? This is not what we signed up for. Two power strikers in the Bantamweight division, and we get a grappling match. A grappling match. I think it's it may have set some sort of record of uh, non-punches or thrown least amount of punches thrown yeah absolutely um man but but Corey sanhagen if we want to judge his grappling uh skills he looked really good he looked really good and you need those grappling skills in this division because there's a there's a few grapplers hey, in this division and Algermain sterling right yeah um well of course and of course Corey sanhagen won almost every single round in my book he did win every round and the judges did agree with it absolutely so now Corey Sanhagen, he is now on a three-fight winning streak. 
He's actually on a four-fight four win, win streak. 17-4, and 10-3 and three in the UFC. A good win over a named uh, fighter in Font. For, again, the four-fight win streak potentially uh, fighting for a vacant belt because if a- Aljamain Sterling defends successfully against Sean O'Malley, he then possibly will v- vacate after UFC 293. But my question to you is, who should his dance partner be for the vacant belt? Um, for the vacant, I think Marab de Savili. You read be, my notes. Absolutely, should that, it yeah. should be that, right? Yeah. Um, but if Sean O'Malley does win, do we get a rematch? We're going to get a rematch. Yeah. No way Sterling's vacating and moving up. Well, how about Rob Font? Twenty and seven, ten and six in the UFC. A very tough loss, um, but it was on short notice. And he had little time to prepare, so you give him a little bit of break on that. But, you know, he's fought the who's who in, in this division. Um, but there's two names that he hasn't fought. I think he should fight either a Peter Young or a Young Dong Song. Oh, man, I don't I don't think I wouldn't, I wouldn't like a Peter Young against Rob Font. I think Rob Font might be towards the end of his career. Well, from isn't what Pe- I said, isn't Peter Yan? What he's on a five-fight losing streak now? Yeah, you're right. You're you're absolutely I mean, right. right. <laughs> but I think I think Peter Yan is on a different type of, you know. I agree. Seesaw of this, right? Yeah, I agree. Yang Dong Song, you okay with that? I one? think I think I would li- like to see yeah. Yang Dong Song. Yeah. So, did we have any fight bonuses or? We did on? have. We did not have any fights of the night. Okay. But we did have five performances of the night. Oh my gosh! Go ahead and just tell us. Tatiana Suarez, Dustin Jacoby, Diego Lopez, Carlson Harris, and Asu Am- Alma Bayev all win $50,000. Good for them. Looks like they all did um, either, they all got finishes. So if you, that should be a rule, right? If you get a finish, you get $50,000. Yeah, because it wasn't a boring fight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so where did you end up with the bar on this one? Um. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to be really polite and just put like 6.8. I'm going to put 6.5 because I'm going to be honest with you. I checked out of it, checked out of this thing and went straight to WWE SummerSlam. <laughs> I mean, it just, it wasn't very entertaining, unfortunately. Well, hopefully this week's fights are entertaining. We do have the UFC going back to the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, this Saturday, 8, August 12th. UFC on ESPN, Luque versus Dos Anjos. Kicking off our preview, we do have Cub Swanson versus Hakeem Diwadu in a featherweight division class. This is at 145 pounds. Alex Voganowski is our current champion. Cub Quil- Killer Swanson is 39 years old, 28 and 13 with 13 KOs, 4 submissions, and 11 decisions. He is currently ranked 28th in this division. He is currently ranked 28th in the bantamweight division, so he is moving up in weight. His last fight was a loss by TKO in the second round, October of last year, and he's 2-2 two two in his last four fights. Now, Hakeem Mean Daoudou is 32 years old, 13-3, with 7 KOs, 0 submissions, and 6 decisions. He is currently ranked 28th in this division. His last fight was a loss by decision, September of last year, and he's 2-2 two two in his last four fights. Now, Duwadu is a minus 230, and Swanson is a plus 190. Cub Swanson is from California. He stands at 5'8", with a 78 with a 70 inch reach. He represents UFC gym Cosa Mesa. 
Notable wins come against Darren Elkins, Daniel Pineda, and Krongate Gracie. Notable losses come against Jonathan Martinez, Giga Chikadze, and Shane Burgos. Hakim Duwadu is from Canada. He stands at 5'8 with a 73-inch reach. He represents Champions Creed MMA. Notable wins come against Michael Trizano, Julio Arce, and Kyle Balotnik. Notable losses come against Julian Rosa, Mosavar Ilovev, and Danny Henry. Cub Swanson used to be a force. And there you have it. Used to be, right? Yep. And now he's moving up in weight. Does he have the physique? That's that's really a question for me. Yeah. You know, and that's that's something I did think about. Um, and that really kind of intrigues me. And we always worry about a weight change, right? Yeah. A class change. Um, and for one of those reasons is why I'm going to pick Dawadu by decision. And I concur with you, Dawadu by decision. The next bout we'll preview, we will preview is Khalil Roundtree Jr. versus Chris Dalkus in a light heavyweight clash. This is at 205 pounds, and the title is currently vacated. Now, Kali, the Warhorse Roundtree, is 33 years old, 11-5 with 7 KOs, 7 zero submissions, and 4 decisions. He is currently ranked 13th in this division. His last fight was a win by decision in October of last year, and he is 3-1 in his last four fights. Chris Dukakis is 33 years old, 12 and 6 with 11 KO, zero submissions, and one decision. He is currently ranked 15th in the heavyweight division, so he is moving down in weight. His last fight was a loss by KO in the first round, December of last year, and he is on a three fight losing streak. Now, Roundtree Jr. is a minus 190, and Dukakis is a plus 160. Khalil Roundtree is from California. He stands at 6'1 with a 76 and a half inch reach. He represents Tiger Muay Thai. Notable wins come against Justin, Dustin Jacoby, Carl Roberson, and Modestus Bukowskis. Notable losses come against Marcin Prokno, Ian Kutalaba, and Johnny Walker. Chris Dalkus is from Pennsylvania. He stands at 6'2 with a 76 inch reach. He represents Martinez BJJ. Notable wins come against Shamil Akrakmiov, Alexei Olenek, and Parker Porter. Notable losses come against Jezrina Rosenstruck, Curtis Blades, and Derek Lewis. What scares me about Dukakis is not only is he on a three-fight losing streak, but he's moving down in weight. Yeah, again, we, that's another, we always find issue with that. Yeah, we? yeah. Uh, short and sweet for me, it's going to be round three by KO in the second round. Hey, but, you know, for Dukakis, this is um, a step down in in quality, uh, a fighter, it I is. think a little bit step down because yeah. it's not Derek Lewis, Curtis Blade, Jezrino Rosenstruck. He's fought He's some names, really good names. Um, but I'm gonna go ahead and take Khalil Roundtree by TKO in the second round. Okay, when we agree with that. Next, we do have the main event of the evening: Vicente Luque versus Rafael Dos Anjos in a welterweight division clash. This is at 170 pounds. Leon Edwards is our current champion. Vicente, the silent assassin. Luque is 31 years old, 21 and 9 with 11 KOs, 8 submissions, and 2 decisions. He is currently ranked 9th in this division. His last fight was a loss by KO in the third round, August of last year, and he is 2 and 2 in his last four fights. Now, Rafael Dos Sanjos is 38 years old, 32 and 14 with 5 KOs, 11 submissions, and 16 decisions. 
He is currently ranked 13th in this division. His last fight was a win by submission in the second round December of last year, and he is 3-1 in his last four fights. Now, Dos Anjos is a minus 120, and Luque is a plus 100. Besate Luque is from New Jersey. He stands at 5'11 with a 75.5-inch reach. He represents Sanford MMA. Notable wins come against Michael Chiesa, Tyron Woodley, and Randy Brown. Notable losses come against Jeff Neal, Bilal Muhammad, and Stephen Thompson. Rafael Dos Anjos is from Brazil. He stands at 5'8 with a 70-inch reach. He represents Nova Unal MMA. Notable wins come against Brian Barberina, Renato Macaino, and Paul Felter. Notable losses come against Rafael Faziv, Michael Chiesa, and Leon Edwards. This is a make-or-break fight for Luque because Dos Anjos is 38 years old. He's not going for a title, but Luque is 31, and he's looking to move up in the ranks. And this is make it or bust, I think. he. This is a must win if you're yeah, looking at it. Because if he loses, it's a three-fight loses. Yeah, that's, this is not. In this division, the welterweight division. And and Dos Santos is one of, the, one of the gatekeepers in this division. I mean, you, you got to beat him. He's got to be uh, on your resume if you want to hopefully someday get a title shot. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the last time we see Dos Anjos in the uh, cage if he loses. You're right. You're absolutely right. So, does he lose? Who do you got? I do have Vicente Luque by TKO in the second round. You know, I I had written down Dos Santos, but now that you have made me aware and me looking at stats at 38 years old, his foot may be already one step out that cage um so i'm gonna change it i'm gonna take luke by decision all right so where are we putting the bar can't get much lower than last week right oh no no and we got a little bit bigger names Do we? on this okay. uh, card we go, of course we have cub swanson kelly roundtree paulina viana she's a paulina viana she's on here aj dobson oh he's nice. here um and also jp buys terrence mckinney is fighting on the preliminary preliminary card um i'm gonna go ahead and give it a seven I'm going to give it a 7-2. I mean, it can't get much worse than last week, in my opinion. All right. Well, that brings us to our MMA news and notes. Daniel Cormier believes only one scenario will see John Jones retire at 295. Cormier has assessed the likelihood of Jones calling it quits this year. I know John Jones said that Stipe may be his last fight, but I don't know. If I believe that just yet, the money's too good and he's still too young. But I do believe that if Stipe loses, he's done. And if John Jones loses, he might be done. But that's the only way Jones will retire. So do you see Jones? What is the chance of him retiring after this next fight? Win, lose, or draw? Um, if he wins, I think I think he does retire. Okay. If he loses, he might maybe go down and wait. Maybe. Yeah. But the crazy thing about it. You know how long his contract is? I do not. I was going to ask you that question. Eight fight contract. So there's no way we can see him retire and then head to the PFL to fight. Unless he has some kind of manager that will will and deal and do something to get him out of the contract. But eight fight contract. He's only fought once once on that contract. Doesn't that just seem that UFC was smart because they knew he was never going to uh, fulfill his contract needs, and they just wanted to lock him up so that they didn't have to compete against another promotion? I mean, 
I think that's ridiculous as far as agreeing to that contract. I mean, yeah. eight fights, that's that like. That doesn't make sense. That's, if you did two fights every year, that's four years. Four years. And if you look at that heavyweight division, are there eight fighters you tr- exactly. truly want exactly. him to fight against? It's crazy. Well, it looks like we do have a UFC headliner in Australia. This is going to be September 9th. Um, uh, UFC 293. It looks like Israel Adesanya will be headlining the show okay. against Alex Piera. No. Uh, Bobby Knuckles, Robert Whitaker. No. Who, who else is there? Uh, yeah, exactly. So we have Sean Strickland stepping in. Sean Strickland. He's getting a title shot. Does he deserve it? Uh, you know, he's been a, he's been a company man. He's I been think. a company man. And I and think that, that's what that happened. Is, that is a key phrase to say because he has. He's he's Andrade of the males, right? He, you call him mm-hmm. one day or 20 days. He'll sign it. Yeah. Let's uh, go. Strickland's currently ranked number eight in the middleweight division. Um, man, Adesanya's ranked number four, pound for pound. I don't think it's going to be a pretty fight for Sean Strickland. I don't think so either. I think, uh, but you know, it's a it's a good tune up weight. I mean, I was hoping it was going to be um, Jacobs Duplessis. Yeah, but it looks looks like that's fight going to have ha- that fight is going to have to wait. What do you think the odds is on this fight going to be? Oh, uh, what were the odds for the boxing match um, with Dillian for uh, AJ and Helenius? Helenius minus fourteen hundred versus plus eight hundred. I, I think it's same. I believe. Thing. Yeah, I agree. Dustin Poirier teases Walter Waite move. Top UFC Walter Waite contender responds. Poirier is aiming for a new challenge. Former UFC interim lightweight champion Dustin Poirier is ready to move on from his loss to Justin Gagey at UFC 291. So I know we like to look at the rankings, Daniel. I have brought up the Walter Waite division, and we are going to start at top 10, and you tell me where... Dustin Poirier ranks in the welterweight division. Okay. And number 10, Kevin Holland. Can he beat Kevin Holland? Are uh, we stopping there? <laughs> Kevin Holland's looked pretty good. I mean, of course, he hasn't fought as the at the caliber. Nope. But he got a really good submission win he against did. Michael Chiesa. But can he submit Dustin? I don't think. I, I'll go ahead and give Dustin this one. I do, too. This week's fighter is at 9, Vincent Luque. Can he fight? Can he beat him? I think he could probably get past Vincent Luque. I can, too. Jeff Neal. So you getting past Jeff Neal? Um, Jeff Neal's a scrapper. He's the hands of steel, Neal. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. I do I'm going to give him that respect. Him too. Number seven, the man that canceled his fight two weekends ago, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Can he beat Wonderboy Thompson? Uh, that would be a really good fight. Really good fight. It would be Both, you know, up there in kind of an age. Um, I'm just going to give him benefit of doubt and say yes. Okay. Number six, Rachmanov. Can he beat Rachmanov? Man, that's that. I think that that that's a no. So you stop at six. I think so. Okay. Well, let's say he's there at six. Mm-hmm. He's going to get in the top five. Does he beat Gilbert Burns? I don't think so. I think Gilbert I Burns either. is yeah. I don't either. So then we're going to agree that he's probably not beating Bilal Muhammad. I don't know. I think he probably could get by Bilal Muhammad. Okay. At number three, Shemaev. Is he getting past that guy? Yeah, I don't think so. Nope. How does he fare against Kamaru Usman at two? That would be a really good fight. I I think uh, 
I think he fares well. I don't know if he'll win, but I think he would fare well against okay. Kumar Usman. Let's say he does the unthinkable and he gets a title shot against our champ, Leon Edwards. How does he do against Leon? I think Leon Edwards just wins. I think you know, so, too. Yeah. Yep. Are you interested in, in seeing him move up and, and cha- have some of these challenges, though? Um, I don't know. I think he's been a mainstay in this division. One of the maybe he could be a gatekeeper. Um, I know he doesn't want to be. He that's not what he be. wants to be. So, but yeah, uh, but God, that's a lot of wear and tear moving up to another division. And th- some of those boys are really bigger than him. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Well, um, kind of looking back at UFC Nashville, Jake Hadley, who was a fighter on this card, said that he had one of the worst weight cuts of his career. That he actually saw God for one second because he was drained, I guess. Did he describe what God looked at? <laughs> I don't think he no. described it. But Boy, that know. is awful. That That is just awful to hear. But we always know these weight cuts can be so bad to some of these fighters. And we do argue the fact that why don't they just fight at their true walking around weight, that they this wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, he said, he, I actually saw God for a second. Couldn't re- rehydrate for, like normal. Felt like that had a major effect on his performance. And he did lose the fight. But we see this all the time. Like you said, the yeah. weight cuts are devastating for some of these fighters. And then you can't rehydrate as fast. And if you rehydrate too fast, does that drain you too? So, yeah, yeah it's it's um, one of those things that a lot of people are calling for. And, you know, I, I listen to Joe Rogan podcast. Sure. And he calls for more weight divisions more weight divisions or water dehydration i think uh weight limits yeah exactly like Like you're already hydrated yeah make the hydrate yeah do you have any other news i do not all right well that wraps things up for our mma segment for this week um we didn't have a pick'em league this week we didn't have a pick'em week uh pick'em league uh starting up just yet me and you did pick but i'd like to just like just go on about yeah, it. Yeah. I don't want to speak wanna, about the. We don't want to live in the past. Yeah, and <laughs> live in the past. We <laughs> went one and two in in the UFC. Uh-huh. Luckily, we did have one boxing match. Yeah. One and zero. Oh, it just wasn't good. Yeah. It just seemed like every fighter I was picking in my head watching the UFC, they were losing. They were losing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Be sure to check us out again. Uh, look at look at our f- Facebook page, our Instagram, and uh, once we start signing up or getting those uh, surveys out, uh, be sure to jump right in. And as always, any late breaking news, please check out our Facebook or Instagram. All right. Well, that wraps things up for this week. Thank you to everyone that continues to listen to our show. We hope to be back next week with a recap of this week's fights and predictions. I'm Daniel. And I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone, and keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see you all next week.